You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today, we'll be continuing our series with ranking the best top five at every position in Detroit Tigers history. Today, we are obviously going on to second base, as you can see in the title. And if you've been listening to the first two, you just can know. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. All right, top five, second baseman in the history of your Detroit Tigers. This one's an interesting one. We got five damn good ball players. This one, uh, for me, I think was pretty clear on who I wanted my top five to be. Um, and I think the order is relatively clear, too. There might be a little bit of a debate between three and four. But besides that, uh, I, I think that one, two, and five are set in stone. And I also think that three and four are definitely three and four. It's just a matter of whether you have who you have at three and who you have at four. I think that's really the only debate. Uh, the honorable mentions, uh, we'll, we will get to those at the very end as we always do. Let's just kick it off with a bang. Let's get started. At number five, one of my childhood uh, heroes, one of my favorite baseball players to ever put on at Old English D, one of my father's favorite baseball players to ever wear, uh, to, to ever play in the city of Detroit as well. We have Placido Polanco, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Polanco would retire with 38.4 career war, uh, played for the Tigers for what, four and a half years, four, four and a half years, um, right in the prime there of his career, ages 29 through 33. Um, was a fantastic second baseman for this team. And his 2007, specifically, was actually phenomenal. And I think his, his 2007 season gets overlooked quite a bit because Maglio's 2007 was unbelievable and uh, was A-Rod hitting over 50 homers away from winning MVP. Um, so I, I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit in the, the grand scope of... Scope second baseman <laughs> in the grand scope of uh, of of that team and just quite how good and important he was because he was damn good man. Blasido Polanco didn't mess around. Uh, you're talking about a guy that barely ever struck out. One of the lowest strikeout rates in all of baseball year in and year out. His career strikeout percentage was six point eight, and he only had one season his entire career that had gotten to the double digits. And that was in 1999 at 23 years old. He had exactly a 10% K percentage. Besides that, he was well below 10 his entire career. Uh, his Tigers career specifically, K percentage, 5.5, 4.7, 6.8, 6.8. Can't get too much better than that. Now, the other thing with Polanco is he. what was fascinating about him was that he – didn't strike out, but swung the hell out of the bat. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys, you know, if you 
if you're uh, if if you're not striking out that much, like he he was not going to get when he did strike out. It certainly wasn't going to be looking uh, because he did not walk very much either. A 5.4 career walk percentage, and in his Tigers career it was 3.4, 5.8, 5.6, and 5.3. But he was rock solid at second man. He was rock solid, a plus defender. Uh, no matter where he played, he, he played a lot of third base when he wasn't in Detroit, which I, I think is also quite overlooked. The fact that uh, his his second base career, that that rock solid, he was the two hitter embedded and he was the two hitter in the lineup and played second base. And that was as as a, much of a sure thing as you were going to find in this lineup on a day in and day out basis. That was just always it. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think that because he played quite a lot of third base too, especially with uh, the Cardinals and Phillies prior to coming to Detroit, he, he didn't play a single inning of third base as a Detroit Tiger. And we'll get into why that was when we get to third baseman because my, my boy was, was locking down the hot corner. But um, Polanco played a really, really solid second base when you look at defensive runs saved in his uh tigers tenure 2006 plus 9 2007 12 2008 13 and 2009 a plus 5 uh he he was as much of a sure thing as as you were going to get and he even played he started playing a lot more second right before he became a tiger so he played third mostly in st louis and then second the couple of years before he uh, became a Tiger and had a 15 DRS season in 2003 for Philly in 180 in 873 innings at the position. So uh, he also had a record. I, I can't find anywhere if he still holds the record or not because it was kind of obscure. But I know and I remember very vividly at the time that he uh, he he comfortably. Then, uh, well, not comfortably. I think he actually made an error relatively soon after. But he had the error for most consecutive games at second base without an error, which is, I mean, awesome. And and we know the the naps and flows of error as a stat. But still, and no matter how you cut it, having the the all-time record for most games uh, at second base in a row without recording an error is, is pretty damn impressive. And... The the crazy thing, man, like his his bat was something else. A two ninety seven career batting average uh, that was paired with a seven forty career OPS. But that that two thousand seven season, an eight forty six OPS and a three forty one batting average. He was nice. wasn't gonna hit a homer too terribly often. Uh, his his Tigers tenure, his home run totals were four nine eight and 10. Uh, he actually did have a 17 home run season in 2004 in Philly before becoming a Tiger. I, I never knew that until I did some research on this uh, before I before as I was making my rankings. I didn't realize. Uh, a 97 career WRC plus in 2006 it was an 81. In 2007 it was a 125. In 2008 it was a 103. And then his last year in 2009 it was back down to an 89. The war, the war numbers by season. 06 was a 1. 07, a 5.3. And then 08, 09, he had three war seasons. He he was he was a sure thing, man. And that, that's one of the biggest reasons that 
I, I wanted to make sure that he got some representation in this list because there was there was very few things that were more guaranteed in life than Placido Polanco at second base and batting second in the batting order. That that was the thing, man. Uh, wasn't going to strike out as we already talked about, um, but hit for a high batting average, and that that's how he made his living, just putting the ball in play and being a, being a really good defensive second baseman. And I, I think... Everybody knows and loves Placido Polanco, but I, I think he deserves maybe a little bit more flowers than he got, especially, again, that 2007 season was remarkable. So he is going to come in at number five in our greatest second baseman in Tigers history. Coming in at number four, we have Dick McAuliffe. Dick McAuliffe is 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 awesome. Uh he played in the 60s. He was the second baseman on that 1968 World Series team. Was two years away from being a lifelong Tiger, but uh, ended his career's last two seasons were, well, uh, really just one season. He only played in seven games in 1975. Was his last year was with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, 35.3 career war. Did have some time at shortstop there in the middle uh, but for the most part, was a second baseman, logged more game comfortably, more games at second than any other position. Uh, was a pretty sure thing in the uh, in in the middle infield as well. Was a plus defender, not a massive plus defender, but was a plus defender for uh, all all of his career. Um, but the big thing for him was he he was a damn good hitter, and we'll get into that right after I tell y'all about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. That would be a built bar. As you all know, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, while also being high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, you choose. So many amazing flavors. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors for the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra pick-me-up to get things going. So throw on your jacket, your purse, your pocket. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up Built Bar at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavors, they'll fight you for it. And things could even get out of hand. Your friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into those stockings. With many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You want to cozy up to something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little bit. Give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand because it could get messy. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? Well, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe that they're actually also filled with protein. So go to Built.com, go to Locked, and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's Built.com and promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. We are back here for segment two. Let's get into Dick McAuliffe and, and, and wrap him up there. Our number four best second baseman in Tigers history. Uh, definitely had the career 
of like the the career tiger right like that's that's what the biggest thing with with McAuliffe and that that's really was my big debate between uh, McAuliffe at four and the person that's going to come in at number three because three three was a uh, had a higher peak and will go down in baseball history as a better baseball player uh, but only spent a few seasons with the Detroit Tigers where as McAuliffe obviously spent it, almost his his entire adult life, right? Like from ages twenty until thirty three, he was uh, in the middle infield for your Detroit Tigers. Like I said before the break, his offense was fantastic: twelve point three walk percentage, thirteen point six career K percentage, a two forty seven career batting average to get paired with a seven forty six career OPS. But that doesn't really do justice. The the peak that he had because there's a few seasons 1966 and 882 OPS 1969 and 826 OPS uh, and and he had pop out of second base which is already a rarity just in the history of baseball but is was even more of a rarity in the 60s 197 career home runs his home run totals by season in 64 he had 24 then 15 23 22 and 16 had 18 again in 1971 towards the end of his career I mean he he really was a a sure gloved somewhat power hitting second baseman a little bit ahead of his time and uh, like I said a 111 career WRC plus out of second base is absolutely fantastic in 66 he had a 152 WRC plus with a 509 slug out of the second base position deserves a lot of credit and I think he is also someone that kind of falls through the cracks of Tigers history just because that 68 team was full of so many big names and people that have statues and their numbers retired and is and you know is so such a big part of Tigers lore and I, I because he wasn't you know Al Kaline or Willie Horton or or, or Freehan or you know what I mean because he wasn't any of those big names that he kind of kind of slips through the cracks he was a really important part to this team and was a staple in the middle infield and, and at second base for a very, very long time for the Detroit Tigers. So Dick McAuliffe coming in at number four. At number three, this is the most recent player of this whole list to uh, to be a Detroit Tiger. We have Ian Kinsler, Tiger from 2014 to 2017, 47.7 career war. Uh, his Tigers war in 2014, he had a four and a half, then a 3.9, a 5.4, and then in 2017, a 2.6 before uh, he would go on his way. We, we got Ian Kinsler for Prince Fielder, right? That was the big trade. Ian Kinsler for Prince Fielder, um, a, a big salary dump situation, but we were still getting a damn good ball player. And I, I don't think people realized at the time just, A, how good Ian Kinsler was. I mean, this is a dude that had, had, had put up a seven-and-a-half war season before and then has had gotten MVP votes, all-stars, you know what I mean? But uh, getting him at 32 years old and, and you know, we had, we had spent such a huge contract on Prince Fielder. That was one of the biggest contracts in baseball history at the time that I think people didn't really fully realize how how much of a, a steal that that would end up being for the Detroit Tigers and and everybody loved Ian Kinsler right I mean that's he he was one of the 
one of the bright spots of the decline of that era of Tigers baseball. It was on the 2014 team, obviously. The last team, the last Tigers team to make the postseason period uh, was starting second baseman and, and batting leadoff. And, and still, again, he was a guy that as a second baseman, you don't usually get people that were as good of hitters as Ian Kinsler out of second base. And, and he certainly was that. In 2014, a 103 WRC+. Plus. 2015 a 110, 2016 a 124, and then 2017 a 92, his last year in Detroit. Uh, Again, another second baseman with some pop, 257 career home runs, and his home run totals for the Tigers were 17, 11, 28, and 22. That 2016 season, missing the playoffs by uh, just, uh, you know, we're in it with, what, two games left in the season? We still were, uh, if we won out, we could have made the, the wild card, and it was, uh, obviously, as as everybody listening to this knows, that was all for naught. But put really productive numbers up for a team that was just struggling to stay together and and get every ounce of baseball, everybody on that roster from the from the previous era and that that deep playoff, you know, four straight division title era had, uh, and and he was one of the he he was the leadoff hitter. He was one of the the focal points of that era. Fantastic defender. If you did, if if for some reason you didn't realize how good of a defender Ian Kinsler was, absolutely incredible. Uh, D- DRS by year for his Tigers career: fourteen, seven, eight, and three. Uh, just a, a a very sure thing at second base. And again, he he could hit, and and that's. Every every like I said, everybody loved Ian Kinsler, and, and he was a he was a hothead at times, right? Umpires and Ian Kinsler didn't get along too terribly much, as most of us remember. But uh, I I think again that the only debate for me on this whole list really was whether Kinsler was three and McAuliffe was four, whether McAuliffe was three and Kinsler was four, and I I, I think I think I made the right call. As, as much respect as I have for Dick McAuliffe and as, as appreciative as I am of, of his career here and is a World Series champion in, a, in an old English D, uh, I, th- I think Ian Kinsler was the better second baseman at his best versus at McAuliffe's best. And uh, that is that is why I went the route I did. And and like I said, the the there used to be a big debate back in the day of who was better, Placido Polanco or Ian Kinsler, like who would rank higher in in Tigers second baseman. Uh, and and I think again, it's it also depends on not depends on, but there's a big thing to be said for role, right? Ian Kinsler was a leadoff hitter and, and was brought in to be one of the better hitters on this team and and kind of be a, a focal point of the offense. Whereas Placido Polanco, even though he was in the top half of the lineup, his job was to slap the ball in play, try and get a single, try to move somebody over, or, or try to get on base for Maglio behind him, right? And I so I, I, I think... Kinsler was expected to do more and and lived up to that and he deserves a ton of credit and anybody who is around everybody listening to this will will always have a place in their heart for Ian Kinsler did did the binoculars thing 
that all started because of because uh, of Kins. I don't know. He he's he's the man. So big props to Ian Kinsler. He comes in at third in our all-time Tiger second base list. We will get to the very clear top two. It seems to be a reoccurring theme. At all three positions so far, there has been a very clear top two, like with no debate whatsoever. At catcher, very blatant top two. At first base, very blatant top two. At second base, that is no different. A very, very blatant top two. And we'll get into those after I tell you all about BetOnline. BetOnline has you cover this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march through college bowl season and into the pro football playoffs as well. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile website, mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. We are ranking the five greatest second basemen in the history of the Detroit Tigers. So far we have Polanco at four, Dick McAuliffe sorry, we have Polanco at five, Dick McAuliffe at four, Ian Kinsler at three. And that leads us to Sweet Lou Whitaker coming in at number two. Uh, what well, should be a Hall of Famer. It's one of the biggest wrongs and and crimes in all of sports, that he is not a Hall of Famer. I mean, truly, that is that is a, a hardcore belief of, of myself, and I know I am certainly not even remotely close to alone in thinking that, uh, especially in this fan base. Everybody realizes that Lou Whitaker should be a Hall Everybody in this fan base, I should say, realizes that Lou Whitaker not being in Cooperstown is an absolute travesty, and, and I, I will hold forever that it is one of the biggest wrongs in all of sports. He absolutely deserves to be a Hall of Famer. And the crazy thing to me is that if you, if you look at career numbers, and if you look analytically, which I know is not everybody's favorite thing to do, but if you look analytically, there is a very, not only a, a, an argument, but a probably winning argument that at a career on a career view, a very broad total career of work view, Lou Whitaker was better than Alan Trammell. And I, if this is your first time going down that rabbit hole, that might be a little bit of a shock to you. But that is an argument that you could not only say and just like say it to piss people off. There are a plethora of numbers that back that statement up. And this is not the comparison episode, so we're not going to go all into all those, but it's uh it's a it's a not that hard of an argument to win either. So let's get into Sweet Lou at second base retiring with 244 career home runs, over a thousand career RBIs, uh more walks than strikeouts, a 12% walk percentage and 11% career K percentage, a 276 career batting average uh, to be paired with a 789 career 
OPS, a plus defender, a, a big-time plus defender, and a big-time plus bat, a 118 career WRC plus, paired with a 68.1 career war. He was awesome. He was the dog, man. Lil Whitaker was absolutely the man. Uh, a career tiger, through and through. Broke on at 20 years old in 1977 and retired at 38 years old in 1995 and would play every single second of his professional baseball career, not just his major league career, but his professional career with your Detroit Tigers. Was in the organization for all of it from when he was drafted until he hung up the cleats. Uh, Is finally getting his number retired this summer. Uh, long overdue on that, but I'm glad that they're finally doing it. And on top of that, he should be in the Hall of Fame, as we've already stated. Uh, what else is there to really say, man? He's He is the second half, and not second half in the sense of the lesser half, just the other half of uh, maybe the most prominent double play combo in the history of baseball. The, the only double play combo that could really rival Trammell and Whitaker is Tinker's Evers and Chance. But besides that, they, they are probably the pinnacle, um, and they are not both in the Hall of Fame for whatever reason, and it's absolutely criminal. When you look at his war by season, had a six-war season in 1983, but for all of it, for all of his career, he was like a three-to-five-war player. And that's, I mean, he had a six-war season in 1990, 1991. Sorry, at 34 years old, had a 6.1 war season, but for all of it, I mean, I, I, I could read this off, I guess, but I think you get the point. 3.4, I mean, never had a season in there where you're like, man, he probably should have won MVP or anything like that, which Trammell, to his credit, does have, but... Uh, Lou Whitaker was going to give you all-star caliber seasons at second base year in and year out for his entire almost 20-year career. Should be in Cooperstown. So he's going to come in at number two. And at number one, we are going to have Charlie Garinger. Uh, has a statue, has his number retired in the Hall of Fame. One of the, uh, one of the, the best to ever do it. MVPs, uh, was in the MVP convo most of his career, a 78.6 career war in 1934, he had an 8.5, listen to this stretch, from 1933 to 1937, his war reads as follows, 7385737674, (laughs) hard to get too much better than that baby, Uh, phenomenal player. I mean that this is uh, this is one of the one of the Tigers' immorals, one of the greatest to ever lace him up and, and wear an old English D. Undoubtedly, that's why again why he has a statue. Not only his number retired, um, you, you, and any metric you use, and and f- uh, for a second baseman, by the way, in the 30s and 40s, as a second baseman to have home run totals of 19. 15, 19 again, a 20 home run season, 16, 14, 15. Pretty damn impressive. A career slugging percentage of 480 out of second base. Career WRC plus of 124. Had a couple of 150s in there. Quite a few seasons in the 140s in there. 
again, not too terribly much to say. A plus defender on top of all of that, and, and not just a slight plus defender, a big-time plus defender. Uh, but he was even more so a plus bat. 320 career batting average. 400 career on base percentage, an 884 career OPS out of second base. Remarkable. There is no doubt about it. He is number one on this list. There's no doubt about it that Lou Whitaker is uh, absolutely better than everybody to ever play this position in Tigers history except Charlie. Both of those were pretty clear cut one and two. Um, Again, (laughs) Charlie had a 3.6 career K percentage. Now, this is a slightly different era, but that capped with a or or paired with a 320 batting average. And again, a 404 on base percentage. He wasn't striking out, but he was walking 11.5% of the time, too, which is not a bad rate for, for how little he walked. 184 career homers, a 405 career weighted on base percentage. What are you going to do, baby? Charlie Garinger uh, absolutely deserves his flowers. So that'll do it. The the five, the list will be Polanco, McAuliffe, Kinsler, Whitaker, and Charlie Garinger coming in at the top. Honorable mentions. I definitely want to give an honorable mention to Damian Easley. Absolutely deserves it. And I want to give an honorable mention to Tony Phillips. The only reason Tony Phillips... I had a, kind of a hard time putting him on this list is because Tony Phillips played a ton of different positions. And it, it, I think he is more deserving of like, if I did a top five utility players in Tigers history, then like strict, it just feels wrong to strictly restrict him as like, oh, he was only a second baseman because he played a plethora of positions and did a whole heck of a lot more for this team than just play second base. I mean, first, all three outfield positions. Third, he, he was all over the place for, for his entire Tigers tenure. So that's if, if you're wondering where Tony Phillips is, that that's where his omission was. Uh, and then Omar Infante, I think, deserves a li- some flowers too. Not not Definitely doesn't deserve to be in this top five, but I'll give him an honorable mention. Had a, had a pretty, pretty solid career here, two separate stints. Uh, and, and was a, a big part of, of, was always around when the Tigers won, <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, was part of that, uh, kind of that bring up of the mid two thousands and then came back for the 2010 era as well. So I'm going to give Omar Infante some love too. That'll do it for second baseman. We'll head to shortstop tomorrow. Uh, shortstop. Again, we talk about this like very clear top two. I think shortstop might be the first one that there's a very clear number one, and it's no surprise to anybody, and everybody already knows who it is. But I don't think shortstop is the clear, like, oh, there's a clear first and a clear second. I think shortstop's the first one where we're going to have a lot of mixing and matching there in the middle. So that'll be a fun one, and you guys should tune in tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. All right, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.